Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and I know it's been a minute since the last time you and I have spoken, and I want to thank you so much for following the Thrive Bites podcast. And I just want to let you know that there's good reason for that, and let me explain. In almost six months, I've been working tirelessly and diligently to helping people near and far during this tumultuous year that we've had from 2020 into 2021. And I said to myself, what more can I do to inspire and impact others? And you guys know me, I'm all about thriving. I'm all about thriving from a emotional, mental, and physical standpoint. That is the reason why I wrote Thrive Medicine. And that is the reason why I started this podcast called Thrive Bites. And so I decided that I wanted to put together a virtual summit experience, gathering over 50 speakers. That includes physicians, dietitians, fitness experts, coaches, and spanning over five pillars in teaching someone else on learning how to thrive. And I call this the Thrive Formula. The five pillars consist of food as medicine, functional fitness, relationships, community, and resilience. And the reason why I've chosen to do this is because I really wanted to give more tools, more education, and more inspiration. And letting people know that they're not alone and they don't have to be ill-equipped for life and whatever life throws at you, whether it's a curveball, whether it's an obstacle, whether it's a roadblock. And I worked really hard to provide this and I'm happy to announce that it is fully released and it's fully accessible. And you may ask yourself, who is this for and what does it consist of? This is for the individual that prioritizes their health and wellness and also wants to take charge of their own well-being. It's also for the healthcare professional and the healthcare professional student because I wanted to create a summit experience that I wish I could have had when I was in school. The summit experience has over 50 plus hours plus more ranging from culinary demonstrations to fitness demonstrations to scientific medical sessions. And we answer questions like, what is Whole Foods plant-based cooking? How do I start cooking back in my kitchen? What affects my brain, gut, and immune health? What are the tools for my own emotional and mental well-being? How can I be more of service and lead by example? What kind of nutrition do I need to give my children nowadays? To how do I navigate self-doubt, self-sabotage, my inner critic? to what are the best physical movements to increase my mobility, strength, flexibility, and function. And one of my favorites is how do I create more joy, contentment, and happiness in my own life? This summit also works like a masterclass series where you get to learn and further your education. And I do this by providing quizzes with every session and I provide workbooks. And there's also recipes and very, very special speaker bonuses. You'll also have the opportunity to join a private Facebook community to further your growth and connect with like-minded individuals. So if this resonates with you, please join us on this journey to further yourself and take back 2021 and beyond. You can find us at thriveformula.co. That's T-H-E-T-H-R number five, formula.co. And come on inside and I'll see you in there. Cheers. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu and thank you so much for being here with us on the Thrive Bites podcast. 
This is season four, and we're so excited for you to be here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Colin Zhu, double boarded in family and lifestyle medicine, and I interview the best and most passionate health and wellness experts of the industry on this platform. And we talk about plant-powered living, emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And this season, we're taking it live, we're taking it on multiple platforms, and we're taking it as a Q&A discussion as well as our interviewing of our guests. So we're super stoked about this, and please remember to like and subscribe down below, and we will see you. Welcome to the next episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thrive Bites podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. Like I say, with every episode, you could be anywhere in the world, and I'm really, really appreciative that you are spending just a few moments with us today. And uh, today, um, we have a great uh, session episode for you guys, and uh, I love talking about this because it kind of you know brings me back to my roots um, as a osteopathic physician, and um, it is how um, our muscles work. And so um, we have a great guest uh, today. Um, his name is Alex uh, Bernier. Um, he is a kinesiologist slash strength coach slash posturology clinician. Um, that is a mouthful. <laughs> um, he's been doing this for 12 years of helping people with their fitness and posture and chronic pain. And he also runs the online school of exercise where he has helped thousands of students build better lifestyles and improve their long-term health. Uh, he started an online training website back in 2015 that turned out to be pandemic proof despite early criticism. I love that. Now he has an international cohort of clients, students, and he's helped people resolve multiple types of pain issues and become stronger and more fit than they could ever have. So without further ado, please welcome Alex. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me on, Colin. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out. Um, I am certainly looking forward to uh, learning more uh, about what you do and what is Posturality Clinician? I love it. Um, tell us where you're calling from. I'm calling from Montreal, Canada. Awesome. Awesome. And we were talking about a little bit offline and it's a great place and Canada is, uh, you know, <laughs> is awesome to visit. Uh, but it is getting a little bit cold, cold and dark, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's this time of the year. Yeah. Um, so I love, um, you know, how uh, our muscles work. Um, I think it's, I don't know about you, but... In my line of work, you know, it's not really something that uh, you think about on a day to day. You know, I feel like people think about it more when, you know, they're engaging in some sort of physical activity, fitness, going to their gym where they're focused on, you know, building. Right. Um, but I think there's a whole nother side of it that we're going to explore and go deeper on where, you know, how do our individual muscles down to the fibers and sarcomeres and all the way to the big groups um, that actually hold us 
up and hold us together. And I think it's always been fascinating for me as an osteopathic physician. Um, and uh, I would love to go deeper with you in terms of how did you get into it? You know, I love asking my guests or origin stories. And uh, please share with us your journey from, you know, personal training to kinesiology to focusing on posture. Like how did that journey unfold for you? It all started when I saw my dad work out for the first time when I was a young kid. Uh, he just trained in front of me. And uh, I remember thinking, wow, I want to do this too. I was really fascinated. And, but I was so young that I couldn't join a gym. And I remember thinking every year, you know, I can't wait till I'm able to uh, sign up at a gym. And eventually he got uh, dumbbells for us in the house and a bench. And that's where it started. And so the, the moment I turned 14, I got a gym membership, my first one. And uh, noticed two things very quickly. First of all, it changed my body. I was very, very, very skinny at the time, a scrawny teenager and lanky. Uh, so that changed. I, I started putting on muscle mass pretty quickly. And more importantly, I was very involved in uh, sports, more specifically hockey and uh, water polo and swimming in the summer. And I noticed that as I got stronger in the gym, my athletic performance increased uh, almost proportionally. So that sort of got me hooked. And that's why I was so into it. And then later on, uh, when I was 19 years old, I got a personal my first personal training certification because I figured I love doing it. I, I had a lot of fun training my friends. And uh, so I got the certification to, to consider a job. And that was around the time where you had to start picking your career as a teenager, right? And I had actually no idea, no real interest in any of the big uh, topics that you pick. But my mom suggested that maybe I should consider health sciences because we're always going to need people that can make uh, improve people's health. So uh, I picked kinesiology just because I found out that it was related to exercise. I didn't even in my second year of the program, I didn't really know what kinesiology was and even worse, what I was going to do with it. And so I was very confused at the time, but I got my first personal training job at a gym in Montreal during that second year and working with clients and starting to work with real breathing humans really showed me, hey, wow, there's a, there's a whole business to this that you can do. Uh, making my own schedule was, a, you know, it was a, something new to me. And I really liked it. It's like, okay, I'm not given a specific schedule, you know, not nine to five, but whatever, you know, working part time or full time. So I really like that aspect of it. And, and everybody else in my program was going into a master's degree or they were trying to get into medicine and whatnot. And I was just, I just, I didn't like school. I wanted to keep working. And so mm. I, I, you know, the moment I graduated, I got my undergrad and I started working full time at the gym and that was it. You know, that's where it all started. Uh, I realized that, there was so much more to learn about the body than what I had learned in my textbooks by working mm -hmm. with real people. And so my journey began. I, uh, I actually quit that gym uh, one year later to go work uh, for a startup in Dubai. So it was an athletic center that was opening and they had a gym. And so I went there, you know, completely inex inexperienced. Uh, it didn't work out. So I went back home a year and a half after and uh, decided that it was time to start my own business. And so, uh, I started, um, I opened a, a small studio space where I would see some clients. And on the side, I was starting to get into, you know, apps were, were getting big. Social media was just starting in terms of uh, business, right, for the business mm -hmm. side of it. So I was seeing where all that was going. And I was like, okay, hey, I want to be online. Mm -hmm. And so, but the problem is I didn't have any clients online. I only had a few real, uh, real life clients that came to my studio. And eventually I made my first client that was not coming to see me. He was on the other side of town 
And he was going to his own gym, but then that created sort of the platform that eventually became the online school of exercises. And now I have an uh, international court of clients uh, that keeps growing uh, every week. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, there's, a lot, there's a lot to tease out of there. Um, so when you had mentioned uh, backing up a little bit, you know, the big topics when you were just getting into kinesiology, which big topics were you referring to? Well, there's, you know, there's physiotherapy, there was uh, obviously law, medicine, all the, you know, all the, the prestigious ones. Uh, there was uh, engineering, science, mm. you know, different uh, other sciences that, you know, didn't really interest me at all. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, that's where everybody I knew was going. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. Really, mm. I had zero idea. And it was pretty, I remember feeling stressed about it because so mm. many people around me had or seemed to have a better idea than me. And I was like, oh, if I don't make this decision now, what's going to happen to my future? So mm-hmm. it was just, you know, mm-hmm. looking back now, the pressure was completely unnecessary. But thankfully, I had that sort of passion for exercise. And there was the program, which is a yeah. fairly new program. Uh, I think it's it was at the time it was 10 years old, 11 years old. And I just saw, you know, exercise science uh, related to work at working out and all that stuff. So I I joined it without really knowing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it sort of it sort of worked out again, uh, pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or pun intended. It's it's actually very interesting because um, on the episode prior to this, we were talking about navigating, you know, our our our, um, identity. And um, you know, he was also another physician as well. And uh, it's interesting how we're in a way sometimes you're using your own professional career to kind of navigate your own, you know, identity. And uh, for you, it was a little bit different where you already came in with that kind of passion that was sparked, you know, from your dad, you know, that was working out and you're like, okay, how can I, you know, jump off from this? How can I continue to go deeper, you know, into this? And, uh, you know, that's great. That's great that you just stuck with it as opposed to going similar to your colleagues and friends um, on their, you know, supposed past and, you know, maybe like, you know, have like a midlife crisis and be like, I can't do this anymore and actually change careers. So it's good that you did, you found, you found what you loved really, really early on. Yep, definitely. Um, So, you know, when we're going a little bit deeper and we're focusing on posture and body mechanics, right? Um, There's a lot to unravel there, right? Um, You know, for us as a, you know, osteopathic physician, I remember the very earliest, you know, uh, classes that we had. And um, I remember we were in the lab and the first thing we had to do was look at structure. You know, our tenants of um, osteopathy was how structure, you know, determines function, right? And one thing I vividly remembered was, seeing, um, you know, a patient, you know, frontal view like this, and then going into sagittal view, which is, you know, like this, and then having a imaginary plumb line that goes to the top of the skull all the way down. And then when you're looking at it from the side view, and then seeing every joint, uh, any joint um, uh, marker that is off center, then you kind of focus on those regions, right, or all together or whatever have you to kind of get them into alignment. So I use that, um, you know, that experience, that anecdote to ask you, you know, in your line of work, your professional career so far, how is that related to our overall health, Um, you know, in terms of, you know, how well, you know, we're supposed to maintain ourselves, 
Um, you know, does it lead to chronic disease or ailments? Like how, how does that matter? And, um, you know, you know, please share. Right. Well, one of the, so beyond aesthetics, right. Uh, just looking at a, a posture that's more aligned, you know, we, 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 t- we, we look better when we're standing upright, when we're, our joints are even, but if you look beyond that, there's a whole energy aspect to it too. Whereas when you have a misaligned posture, when your muscles are weak, your foundations are unable to support you, you waste so much energy that could otherwise be used to, uh, you know, for focus, for creativity, for the, your, your immune system, for it to, to repair, right? And so you're walking around all day, you're standing, you're moving, and you're just leaking out inner energy. Every time you walk, every time you take a step, if your foundations are not how they should be, you're, you're wasting energy. And like I said, that could, that energy at the end of the, you don't wake up in the morning with an infinite account of energy, right? Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the less efficient you are, the, the, the less, you know, you're able to use whatever energy you have to, um, to fuel all these other functions. So one thing I noticed that when people, you know, strengthen their legs, they, they, they align their shoulders is that they tell me they have more energy in general and it's not that they're sleeping better necessarily, but it's just now they're, they're walking around throughout the day without leaking uh, all those resources. So that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's so moment. key. Yeah. That's so key because um, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, just different positions of, you know, whether we're hunched over, whether we're like, you know, kind of, you know, bent over to the side. Let me change my camera angle so I'm not going off the screen. Um, but and and for me, especially, you know, because I do a lot of work virtually, is uh, how do I carry my head um, and my neck um, forward and you know back and you know lopsided based off of whether I'm sitting or standing, which a lot of, you know, a lot of us, you know, those that are working from home, um, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, it's, you know, it's something to pay attention to, you know, or not. And um, what would you say, you know, would be the complications if we do not, uh, if we're not aware, mindful, or actually address, you know, something like, let's just say, um, you know, like uh, if having bad posture in the hip or the back or the neck, like, can you tell us like, what, what would be like the worst complication that could happen? Well, eventually what happens is that if you're misaligned and you're, you're carrying this misaligned structure, even if you're just standing and, you know, your weight is not evenly distributed uh, by itself, that's not a big problem. Your body can totally tolerate that, that kind of impact, but it's, you know, throughout the day and then throughout the week and then throughout the years, of just carrying this inefficient misaligned structure, what ends up happening is some muscles, some tendons, some tissues will end up compensating for others. So mm-hmm. they'll usually be usually be the ones that uh, get hurt first, right? Because they're they're compensating mm-hmm. for all the other ones that all the other muscles that aren't doing their work. And so that's when you'll find, you know, the neck, uh, the shoulder, right? Usually people have pain right here. Usually uh, the hips, the lower back. So uh, and then chron- once you have chronic pain all your attention goes to that pain. You know, when someone that has lower back pain, all they think about is the lower back pain and all your other functions, right? Focus, creativity, happiness, uh, whatever metrics you can use will start decreasing because all your energy is going into that, that pain. So Mm -hmm. the more, and then the longer you live with that, eventually you don't have the energy to 
let's say fight off a simple disease or, or to, you know, some, some repair some muscles or repair your bones or whatever. Right. So in the end, it, it can lead absolutely to, to more serious chronic illnesses. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. I just want to take a few moments of your time to talk to you about something. Something that I feel needs to give reflection and pause for. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, I've been on the self-work journey for a decade now. And I remember in my personal experiences... Uh, through my doctor's journeys and also from traveling the world, I was always searching for the next step or thinking that happiness was a destination. However, it's not. What I found instead was that life was a process and learning about life was also a process and a practice and that the state of happiness and the state of joy and contentment was also a practice For those of you who don't know, since I don't share that much on my podcast, is that I actually battle with anxiety, OCD, and in the past, episodes of depression. However, little by little, step by step, after seeking extra help, I've been able to achieve monumental things in my life that I've been eternally grateful for. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. A couple of reviews. This is by... Rebecca Raymer. Becky has literally saved my life by truly understanding me. She's given me self-talk strategies and different thought pattern exercises that have made me stronger and a more aware person. I am so, so grateful to have found her. I've been to so many different therapists and none have helped me like Becky has. This is another review for Adam Johnson. I've had counselors before both on BetterHelp and in person through work. And Adam, by far, is the best counselor I've ever talked with. I feel like he actually listens to and what is going on. He asks questions to help you navigate your thoughts. And you can tell that he is listening and wants you to help you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1.4 million people taking charge of their mental state with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Thrive Bite listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash the chef doc. T H E C H E F D O C. Thank you for listening, guys, and back to the episode.
Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Did you have、um, any personal、uh, physical ailments that you had to battle through?、Um, you know, over time that、uh, you know that you personally or someone else has helped you kind of train out of, or maybe it was like a physical therapist. Like, do you have any personal physical、um, hurdles that you had to you know triumph through? Absolutely. Well, all the injuries I accumulated playing hockey eventually caught up to me at some point, and、mm-hmm. uh, so I got a concussion. That was、uh, I got one official concussion and then multiple probably playing contact. You know, you I saw the stars a few times get getting hits. I lost my breath, so I'm sure there was some kind of concussion that happened there. But、uh, what that ended up doing is when I was 25, 26, I started、um, getting chronic low back pain, and I was fixing、mm-hmm. other people's pain. You know, as I was doing it, but I couldn't even squat anymore. I couldn't train. And so、mm. I almost that almost made me quit working out because I was like every time I work out whatever the activity is、uh, I get hurt,、mm. and so I realized that from one of my injuries the、uh, ankle fracture that I got my arches were completely destroyed like、mm-hmm. my weight was not go- evenly spread on my feet like 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 the arches on the inner aspect there right exactly yeah and just just the way that my weight was being distributed on my left foot compared to my right was completely different so. That was one of the main reasons I had lower back pain. And when I consulted a posturology clinician、mm. that you mentioned、uh, earlier, when you read、mm-hmm. my bio, my my,、uh, my blurb,、uh, she looked at my feet and she's like, "You got to fix your feet right now." And then when when she did, I didn't have any lower back pain. And in fact, I broke all my like my my squat records, my deadlift records, my cleans、uh, without ever getting hurt. And I've been you know continuing ever since. So、mm. working on my feet was a huge game changer for me. And that was a、uh, Annette Verpio from Posture Pro,、uh, also in Montreal, who、uh, who really opened my eyes to all of the you know the the, the implication of the feet on on movement and posture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was life changing for me. Yeah, I think、uh, for those that are watching that are coming from the fitness world, obviously、uh, executing proper techniques is important, but also making sure that you know you recover from your injuries, right? Because like you said, it's like if you have pain and you just focus on that. Then you know you're just compensating just to kind of relieve your pain in some way, and everything else just it's like a domino effect. Everything it just、yeah. falls, <laughs> literally falls.、Um, my my next question is posturality, clin- you know, clinician. I don't I don't know if that's a you know maybe it's just another phrase that、uh, Canadians use or what, but how is that different than? Kinesiology and how's that different than like maybe chiropractic? Like what what is that? Yeah. Posturology is、um, it, it looks at the the role of the nervous system in posture and the way that the nervous system interprets information of your, about the environment to dictate your posture. So, for instance, we've got hundreds of thousands of、uh, mechanoreceptors in our feet that constantly convey information about where we are relative to the ground, right? And so, if there's an issue going on with your feet, like flat feet, or like I was describing, I, I fracture my ankle, and so my Weight was unevenly distributed on my left and right. Then your brain is getting two different signals from each foot,、mm. and with that faulty information, it's going to send the, the the wrong postural command to to address that. And so that's when you can have that's when you'll start having mis、uh, misalignments of the hip. One hip might be higher than the other because、mm-hmm. of the signal sent from the feet. 
Another uh, component of posturology is the eyes, right? The eyes give about 70 to 80% of the feedback to our brain about our position in space, right? Mm -hmm. And the position of our head too. So I, right, part of my assessment now with clients is I look at their eye convergence. Mm -hmm. And so often, and that was the case with me also because of my concussion where when I tried to focus on a target, one eye went in, no problem, but then the other eye went the completely other, other way. Mm. It wasn't converging. So by doing eye exercises, I fixed that. And uh, my, wow. a lot of my problems were gone after that. That really, again, that was such a game changer for me. And I, I, I took, after she fixed me, I ended up taking the classes to, to, to learn more about it and started applying it with my clients uh, successfully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I mean, I mean, you're so, because you feel like it's such a game changer, I would imagine it feeling, and you're just like inspired by that. And uh, it's such, it's such meticulous detail. It's such minutia that, um, you know, you either have to really focus on that, you know, specific detail or very easy, a generalist would just, you know, breeze over and not address it. And if that's the main issue, it's like, you know, you kind of miss the the whole reason of that person's overall condition. So that's it. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's switch gears um, a little bit. And uh, you know, I love the fact that you're using your own um, past injury, how you kind of rehabilitate, you know, through that to kind of you know give us a little snapshot on how you know muscles work. Obviously, you know, this session cannot be <laughs> a whole physiology, muscle physiology, you know, lesson, but let's, you know, kind of ask it in a different way. So what are the most common misconceptions um, on how muscles work? Um, you know, popularly and commonly, you know, we think of muscles in terms of how it relates to, you know, fitness and, you know, whenever, whenever we go into the gym and, you know, you know, focusing on big muscle groups and things like that. But what is what is the opposite? You know, what are the common misconceptions that you typically get when a client um, or patient comes to you? Well, probably the most common one that I get is uh, people think of muscles. They'll automatically think of like bodybuilders and power power lifters and stuff like that. And so they say like, oh, I, I don't like weight training or resistance training because I don't want to look like a bodybuilder or a power lifter, right? And that what they don't realize is even if you got 10 to 15% of the results that these people get with their training, your life would change significantly just from having more muscle mass uh, supporting you. And also uh, muscles are a big pool of amino acids, right? And so if you have a little more muscle mass, then you have more amino acids available and your body uses those building blocks for so many different functions, uh, including building, uh, the immune system, uh, you know, all sorts of different things that are essential to our lives. And just so by having a little bit of extra muscle mass, you give your body more building blocks to fuel all these basic functions. So there's just such an important component to having more muscle mass, especially as you start to age, because, you know, everybody, everybody loses muscle mass when they get older. And so if you already have a good pool of it available, like a savings account, if you will, then, you know, it's not going to affect you as much. And then when you get to 50, 60, 70 years old, uh, you end up not having these problems. You're able to, to continue to walk or use your arms or do phys more physical activity because you still have enough muscle mass to support you. So to me, that's the biggest misconception because, you know, all you see on social media are, are these people with crazy bodies, crazy strength. 
And I kind of, for a lot of people, it's just unachievable, these things. And so they get turned off by it. So if you look at mu- as, 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 um, if you look at muscle as something that is not just for show, but also to, to save your life, you know, in the years to come, then it, it just changes, you know, it adds some more, some deeper reasons to go to the gym and exercise. You're muted. Forgot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. So I, it's um, it's so challenging because you know we're so inundated by social media and what we see on magazine covers, and you know it's yeah, it, it's very easy to be persuaded to gravitate towards. Oh, I have to be a bodybuilder to either be very strong or you know just to kind of gain strength. And so you. It's a very weird dichotomy where you have to go either do all or nothing. You know, you have to go all exactly. the way or you don't, you know. And in in some aspects, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, that well versed whether like, you know, whether that's actually even healthy, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know. Um, I don't know um in terms of longevity, you know, or lifespan, like how much of an effect that is, you know, in terms of this amount of stress, because at the end of the day, it's it's stress that you're inducing onto yourself, right? And the yeah. body only has so many limits. Um, so is there how would you, you know, uh, obviously you created a product and we're gonna go, you know, deeper into that, but like how would you say to someone that's watching? that, you know, maybe, you know, is an amateur beginner or maybe is dipping their feet in, maybe they're transitioning from like beginner to intermediate in terms of how, how else should they look at their body and how else should they, you know, kind of uh, conceptualize on how to, you know, um, build that body? Well, so body composition is very important, right? You, you want a healthy body composition. So that should always be on, on, on our minds when we're exercising. But when it's the only sort, when it's the only goal you have, you just miss out on so many things that working out will bring to you. And, you know, your, your body's going to carry you for the rest of your life. And so obviously you can't predict how long you're going to live, but whatever years you've got left, you want to make sure that they're, they're, they're high quality years that you're able to move properly. You're able to move without pain. Uh, you're able to sleep, you're able to, uh, you know, play sports, be active. If you've got kids, you got to be active for and with your kids, right? So when that, you know, working out becomes something as important as uh, cleaning yourself or, or getting dressed, right? It, it should be viewed as not just something to, to lose body fat, but just something that you do regularly to, to, to make sure that you live a high quality of life for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. super important. Um, what um, I know, uh, I know in the U.S., uh, you're in Canada right now. Um, our, our our guidelines for exercise is 150 minutes, you know, per week of moderate intense, um, you know, exercise. And um, you know, there also has been some experts would also recommend two days of resistance training, right? You know, would you agree to that? Where where have, you know, more international standards have been? You know, would you add on more days of resistance training? Like where where do you where have you seen the, the guidelines uh, fall into? Well, here's the thing. If you look closely enough on the Internet, you'll find all sorts of answers for that. People yeah. that say, oh, you only need to train once a week to you got to train four or five times a week. Right. So I'd say a good guideline. First of all, it's it's a case by case thing because you'll have someone that is completely inactive. They do zero physical activity. And so their guideline, you know, is for me, it would just be about getting them to do a little bit of something 
maybe three times a week. It could be walking. It could be right. So you just want to get them moving and then moving regularly. But then someone who's a little more advanced than that, then, okay, maybe you could have four workouts a week where two of them are resistance lifting and then two of them are walks or, or jog or whatever you, you enjoy doing. But then somebody might, you know, I think personality plays a role in it too. So somebody might enjoy three, four workouts of resistance training a week and then two, one or two workouts of, of cardio or high intensity stuff or, or just even a, a nice hike or a long walk. So mm-hmm. it's really about a case. It's case by case. But mm-hmm. I'd say mm-hmm. if you're able to exercise three times a week, that's a good foundation. You know, it, you'll, you'll have some progress every week. Mm-hmm. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh, the frequency is enough to, you know, keep you going for a bit. It's the bare minimum. Yeah. Right? But uh, at three times a week, you'll start uh, moving in the right direction. Would you say, here's a different way of a- asking it, and maybe a better way. Let's just say like, um, you know, we're not trying to bodybuild or be an athlete and things like that. Would you say three times a week, you know, I'm guessing the combination of cardiovascular and resistance training uh, three times a week uh, be enough to prevent injury? Yep. Okay. Yep. Three yeah. times uh, 40 minutes to an hour, uh, you know, with a bit of uh, strengthening your, your, postural foundations, your legs, your shoulder blade muscles. And then uh, if you like to do, uh, you know, circuits or uh, run some kind of run or walking, a lot of my clients love walking and it's such an efficient way of exercising. So that's always welcome. And you can do that every day as well. Yeah. uh, Yeah. No, that's uh, that's probably how I would uh, recommend it. Yeah. I'm always a big believer in cross training and to not kind of stay in either uh, well, I guess it depends on the sport, you know, you know, depending on which, you know, groups it, it uses, but cross training, I'm a huge advocate for, um, guys, um, we're going to go into a quick commercial break. Um, if you are just joining us, um, I'm Dr. Colin Zhu. This is Alex Bernier. And, uh, we are talking about how, uh, our muscles work and, um, you know, please, if you have any comments and you've any questions, please write into your comment box and we'll, la- uh, we'll ask, uh, Alex live, but until then, uh, we'll be back in, uh, about 30 seconds. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc, and thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. On my podcast, we talk about eating and cooking and living from a whole foods, plant-based approach. And between my patients, clients, and my audience listeners, I get a lot of questions of, hey doc, how do I get started on how to set up a kitchen? Or what should I buy? What should I make? Is there something beyond a salad, broccoli, and a smoothie? I know in our fast-paced life and during a pandemic, it is much more challenging to be able to teach yourself and learning how to cook. And so I partner up with Listenable, who is a leader in audio educational courses that are bite-sized. And I went ahead and created a course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And in this course, I put in my best tips, tools, and tricks on everything I've learned on how to get someone started to eating more plants, getting healthier for you and your family. I talk about how to set up your kitchen from the pantry to the fridge, the freezer, to how to navigate the supermarket, to what kind of utensils and appliances one needs to have, to what do we need to make, how to meal prep, what kind of cooking techniques there are, and what exactly is Whole Foods plant-based. 
and I'm able to make this course over 10 lessons. Each of those lessons are less than 10 minutes long, and you'll be able to finish this in an hour. You could even do it while commuting, exercising, or even walking your dog. And in addition, you can choose from over 3,000 plus original audio lessons created by well-loved experts. Just use the coupon code ColinZhu, C-O-L-I-N-Z-H-U, on Listenable.io, and you'll be able to get 30% off a year of Listenable. So definitely check that out in the show notes, and check out the course on how to get started on a whole foods plant-based lifestyle. And I'll see you there. Thanks for listening, and now back to Thrivebytes. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. All right. So we are back. If you guys are just joining us, I'm Dr. Colin Zhu, and this is Alex Bernier, and we are talking about how our muscles work. And so the next question is, um, obviously, you know, we are in a pandemic, um, seems like forever we're in a pandemic (laughs) and, uh, the pandemic, you know, has, uh, you know, really affected us, um, on so many different, you know, levels. And, uh, for today, um, you know, we're talking about how has it made it worse? Um, would you say from your perspective in terms of our body mechanics and posture? Well, before I say what's, what it's made worse, I'll say that there has been some positive to it as well. Whereas a lot of people found the time to exercise finally and start taking care of themselves. And I noticed that in a few of my clients and some people in my surroundings where it's like, oh, okay, finally they, they got a bit of a reality call that I need to take care of myself. So that's the positive. But now there's a lot of negative as well in the sense that, uh, you know, it was kind of already happening at the office where you're just sitting all day. But uh, for a lot of people, there was it was just a very high stress environment. And, you know, they weren't necessarily equipped at home to uh, sit properly or they didn't have standing desks or whatever. So a lot of people and and a lot of my new clients that arrived during the pandemic uh, complain about the same problems. There was a lot of neck pain that came up, a lot of lower back pain uh, just from sitting even long, you know, because they weren't leaving their house, they weren't commuting, they weren't walking. And so it just created all these problems. And then mix in, if you uh, you had to be stuck with your children, and that kind of stress, right, it just kind of fueled each other and uh, it, it created a lot, a lot of chronic pain. And uh, obviously, uh, people put on a, a few pounds of body fat as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think in the beginning of the pandemic, it was good for me. Um, you know, I do dwell in, you know, more into the cooking, food and nutrition aspect, um, you know, to see people, you know, going back and, you know, making more food and, you know, going back into the kitchen. So that was the positive, you know, for me as well. Negative. Yeah, we could <laughs> spend all day with that. Um, what would you say, you know, because even before uh, COVID, um, you know, just sitting in general, you know, if we talk about sitting, um, sometimes you'll, you know, they'll say that sitting is the new smoking. Um, and I read, um, you know, some reports, you know, anywhere from like as, as little as, uh, six hours, even though a lot of jobs, you know, nine to fives are, you know, more than that. Sometimes we do overtime, sometimes it's prolonged. Um, six hours is really kind of, you know, the threshold is where, you know, you start to develop some form of chronic inflammation. Where have uh, you seen it to be where, you know, we need to start taking breaks, you know, are there, um, you know, what is, what is the, what is the time where you say to yourself, okay, I need to get out of sitting 
maybe walk around, do some stretches. Um, maybe if I, if I'm lucky enough to have a standing desk, like what are your uh, recommendations and tips in terms of thresholds of how long we should be sitting slash standing? Um, again, it depends on the person too, but uh, I remember reading a study that's that uh, said that for every hour of sitting, you want three minutes minimum of standing up and walking, moving around. So I don't know how you know accurate that is, but it, it does give a good guideline of okay if you've if you've been sitting for an hour, just get up, go walk for five minutes, stand up, even just like pacing around your office. Uh, it's just going to unload so much stress on your on your spine, and it will also stimulate. One thing I, I I find in my assessments is that people that sit a lot have extremely weak hamstring muscles and glutes, mm. just the mm-hmm. two muscles that are so important to support your body weight when you're standing are just because you're sitting on them all day long. You're suffocating them. There's not mm. a lot of blood flow going to them because you're crushing all the blood vessels in that area. I guess over time it, it leads to uh, the muscle just getting weaker and weaker. Mm. And so when, you, when these muscles are weak, you lose one of your most important foundation to support yourself. So by standing up and walking around, you're just loading all your, you're loading your legs you're loading your, your back muscles, and it's just keeping them sort of awake. Engaged. So they don't fall asleep because, you know, when you're replaced by a chair, you don't necessarily need to work. You've outsourced, the muscles have been outsourced to the chair, right? Because you're just kind of leaning on it. So uh, mm-hmm. you, you end up losing those muscles over time. So I find mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things. You just got to ha- get into the habit of once an hour, get up and walk around. And then obviously, if you can have a workout later on in the day or a longer walk, those will help uh, tremendously. Then uh, yeah. the thing about standing desks is that a lot of people get standing desks, but they don't have the leg strength to to, mm-hmm. to stand up. So what end up what they end up creating new problems because they're just kind of leaning, or they're you know some people lean on one hip as a crutch mm-hmm. kind of thing when they get mm-hmm. tired. So uh, all these things end up developing. So if you do get a standing desk, which is amazing, it's a really good thing, but you got to make sure that you have the le- the basic leg strength to support yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could probably apply that same concept to the bottoms of your feet, right? You're also like prolonged standing will still be, you know, in a way crushing, you know, the other, um, you know, circulation, you know, down there as, as well. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's, that's super important. And, um, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of standing desk. I'm using one right now. Uh, but still making sure that my neck and head <laughs> is also at the right height and not, you know, hunched over, you know, dipping forward because, you know, we're like this in the kitchen, right? We're like this while we're driving. We're like this when we're typing. Always forward. Yeah, it's always forward. So um, a good follow-up question is I've seen a lot of devices, you know, I don't know what your opinion about this is, but I've seen a lot of devices where, you know, there's um, there's like straps to like, you know, bring your shoulders back. I've seen, you know, uh, you know, devices where you put on your back and it like, you know, just triggers a signal for you to, to just sit yeah, on you, Do you have do you have any opinions about that? Do those really work? It's um, it's a bandaid to cover a wound that needs stitches. So, okay, you're pulling yourself back with that device, but that's not going to strengthen the muscles because, again, it's like the chair. It just kind of replaces it, right? So you, 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 you fix your posture, but you're not really fixing it. So you're always going to need that strap to, to have the right posture. So you're kind of missing the, the – you're, you're not addressing the source of the problem. With those, and so I'm generally I don't recommend them uh, to people, uh, just because it takes a little bit of work to strengthen your muscles. But at least 
the results are going to stick and you're not going to have to do it as often or con continuously need to wear the strap for it. So mm -hmm. that's just, yeah, that's what I think of these things. Okay. okay. So uh, let's shift into practicality, right? So let's just say, you know, um, someone that goes to the gym, right? That gets your minimum days, three days a week, right? You know, they're good, depending on what they work out, right? Um, and some of us like to do cardio. For me, I'm a big runner. Um, you know, I like to move my legs and, you know, get get my blood flowing um, and posture. You know, there's, you know, a, you know, you know, some body mechanics that we have to focus on when we're running. For those that, let's just say, for example, are not able to go to the gym as well, um, you know, are there simple practical tips you would recommend, you know, like just at home, like, like you saying on the hour, you know, like every hour, three minutes, or is, is there something that you could, you know, recommend that they could do in between the sessions of prolonged sitting or standing? Well, just pulling your two shoulder blades together, right? Retraction in your, with having your arms in different positions, right? So like this down external uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not used to this reverse camera but you know externally and internally rotating your, your arms like this yeah right and then like this changing the position of your arms because depending on where your arm are arms are and what movement you're doing you're working a different shoulder blade muscle so just kind of contracting your shoulder blades like this will just I get bring blood flow into the area and just keep the muscles I, I, I like the word awake. It just keeps them awake because you've been sort of forward, hunched forward. So they've been lengthened and weakened. So just by standing and, and kind of holding and retracting, uh, you're, you're keeping them active throughout the day. So just yeah. doing that is going to sort of prevent it from falling into a level where it's so weak that you can't even support your head and your shoulders anymore. And you're always leaning forward. Alex, do you mind turning to the side and then and and showing us that way? Uh, which turning, one? Oh, the uh, head. Turning, yeah, yeah. Turn turn your side like this. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And then showing us uh, how you uh, retract your shoulders. Oh, so it's it's as if you were trying to hold a pen between your two shoulder blades. So you just kind of squeeze back. Okay. Roll back, and you can have it with your arms forward as well. Now, you don't want to bend your elbows. You want to keep your arms straight. A lot of people, their, their shoulder blade muscles are so weak that mm -hmm. they end up just having to flex their tricep mm -hmm. to contract their tricep to, to get the arm moving back. So you want to keep your elbows nice and locked and then just kind of squeeze that pen between your two shoulder blades. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And, you know, people feel really good when they do that just a few times a day. Yeah, yeah. And um, is there something uh, similar where you can apply that for the hamstrings since we're crushing them? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, standing, like again, standing is, is just basic stimulation. Uh, uh, but then uh, there's one where I don't know if I'm going to be able to demonstrate this because I'm a, I'm using a standing desk as well, but yeah, you know, just a single leg hip extension or the hip bridge more commonly mm -hmm. referred to where you're just kind of lifting your, your hips up. Mm. Right. Um, I guess I don't have the video on me right now, but uh, that one is really good for uh, just for your hamstrings and your glutes. So kind of like a kind of like a yoga bridge. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's it. OK. And then just it just uh, I guess one leg at a time, too. Oh, one leg at a time. OK, yeah. gotcha. So you have one leg straight in the air and the other one is, is the one doing the bridging. 
And uh -huh. so first of all, you're going to see that maybe one leg is much weaker than the other, which is something I find in a lot of my assessments, right? So the left leg is fine, but the right leg can only do half of the volume that the uh, other leg can do. So, so you're kind of like, you're kind of like this, right? You're exactly. Like this. Yeah. And then this is the front part of the hips. And then you're having like one leg come up like this and then the other leg come up like this. And you're trying, is the goal is to have it like almost 90 degrees or just as high as you can? Well, your one leg is going to be straight in the air. The other one's going to be flat in front of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you're using that leg in front of you to lift your, your butt, your hips uh, mm -hmm. uh, all the way up. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be at 90 degrees. Some people have too much lower back pain, so they, they have to bend their leg. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I, are we talking about the same movement? I think so. <laughs> You're I'm okay. Not, uh, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking face up. Are you thinking face down? No. So you're lying on your back. Your face is up. Okay. And then you, you've got just one leg in the air. The other foot is flat. And then uh -huh. you push through that foot to lift your hips. And oh, bridge your okay. Hips. Okay. Gotcha. So you're not, you're not, you're not doing, um, uh, what's it called? You're not, uh, you're, you're not doing like an inverse U. No, no. Oh, okay. You're flat. Okay. You're flat. Exactly, and then yeah. you're going like this. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. That's a little easier for, for beginners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, a demo probably would have made more sense. <laughs> but yeah, so that that type of movement that helps to kind of engage the hip muscles um, yeah. and the quads and the hamstrings together. That's what that's what you're mentioning. That's it. And even easier than that, just squeezing your glutes, squeezing your your glutes for three seconds and then releasing, and just by contracting your muscles because they've been squished against a chair for six hours. You know, just contracting them will make such a difference in making sure that they don't, you know, get weaker and weaker as the days go by. Mm. So that's just another like, uh, easy thing, very accessible thing. And, and I've actually helped a few people solve the lower back pain just by doing that. Right. Not mm. everybody gets uh, those those results. But for some people, that's all it took to, to reverse uh, the pain mm -hmm. that they had. Mm -hmm. Like Kegels, right? Like Kegels. Yeah, right? ex exactly. But for your glutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, those are great, uh, simple uh, tips. Thank you so much. Um, so I want to definitely want to conclude. Um, I think we can talk forever about it. And it's very, to me, it's very, you know, exciting to, to, you know, talk about, you know, body dynamics. Let's talk about your school, this online school of exercise. Um, you know, what was the, the, the whole idea? You, you talked a little bit about it, you know, what is it and, you know, what, you know, people are interested in, you know, joining, like, what can they expect um, or anticipate, you know, to, uh, to engage in? Well, my mission with the online school of exercise is to help my students uh, exceed their fitness goals by helping them achieve sovereign fitness. So a state of independence on all workout related matters. So I don't want just, I don't, I don't just want them to have, you know, body composition as their sole goal. I want, I want them to think further down the line and, you know, the things you're going to be learning with me are not just going to help you get the body composition that you want. They're, they're, they're going to serve you for the rest of your life. You're going to know how to work out and get the results that you want on your own without me by, you know, learning, by, by learning all the things that you're going to, we're going to be working on together. Right. So it's not just about that fitness goal that we have, where I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle mass. It's the things you're learning, the exercises, how to combine them, how to, you know, uh, separate them, throughout the week, right? That's all very important knowledge that no, nobody really talks about because it's 
a lot of, you know, a lot of trainers want their clients to work with them forever because it's, it's just, that's the mm. business. But ultimately I don't want, I don't want my clients to stay with me forever. I want them to be able to go and train on their own because that's how they're going to be able to, that's how we're going to change uh, people's fitness in the world is mm. if more people can personally train themselves uh, on their own, we'll see a significant chunk of all the, the, you know, the obesity and chronic diseases go down because they'll be able to take care of themselves. So that's my primary goal. But then the mm -hmm. online platform really allows us to be way more flexible, right? We don't have to meet in a gym at a specific time in a specific location. It's, you'll get your workouts. You'll get all the instructions, the videos that you need to execute the workout. And then you can do them on your own because now you have all this information. You're able to go to the gym on your own and not have to necessarily pay me by the hour to get the same quality of service that I would give you uh, on a, in a one-on-one. -on -one. So I find that it's been, you know, for someone that has a busy schedule and Sometimes booking an hour with somebody can be a stress and you're, when you have a very busy schedule and you have to commute, right? Yep. But now with uh, the different subscriptions that I have at the online school of exercise, uh, sometimes I don't even speak to my, my students during the month, right? So they, they get the program at the beginning of the month. They get the new program. Sometimes they give me a bit of feedback. And then after that, I don't hear about them until the next month where it's like, hey, that was great. What's next? You know, and then I just keep going from that. So I find that's just it's, it was such a new thing for me. Right. I'm used to seeing people two to five times a week, right? Mm. And uh, at the same gym, same place. And so it just kind of constricts everything into that location. Whereas now you're able to get all the information that I would give you in those one-on-one -on -one sessions, but you're kind of able to apply them on your own. And then, of course, mm. I offer different subscriptions where I'm a little more present, right? Maybe they see me once a week for 30 minutes. or And so I'm able to create a, a, a service that is suited to the person's budget schedule instead of, you know, only having that one hour, one-on-one -on -one session at this, you know, th this much per hour. Yeah, yeah definitely. Now, I, I definitely the, there's a stress of just trying to make, make it on time and the commute by itself is, uh, oh man, just the, we don't think about of, it. We don't think about no, it. No, we don't, oh, oh, well, I live in LA, so like we don't oh, yeah. think about traffic. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, you're, yeah. So much life is gone, you know, just by being in traffic. So it's uh, so I think that's a great, you know, contribution to what you do. Um, so, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time out um, for someone that wants to, um, you know, pursue your school or reach out to you for more specific questions. Where can they go? I'm very active on Twitter. So my, my handle is at my thought food, the, uh, at my thought food. Okay. Basically, uh, and then you can obviously go uh, and see all, a lot of my work on. Oh, your 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 name has your your Twitter handle, right? Oh yeah, exactly. It's right there. <laughs> and then um, obviously the online school of exercise. Uh, there's a lot of content there as well. So if you want to go check it out and see what I'm about, uh, that's my main. It's my main uh, place of business. <laughs> nice, awesome. Yes, definitely check it out, and we'll definitely put that into the show notes um you know coming up so alex thank you so much uh really appreciate it i definitely learned a lot um it was fun engaging um in this conversation and uh you know thank you for doing what you do and uh you know keep up with it likewise colin thank you for having me on it was a pleasure to, to speak with you awesome thank you so much guys this has been another episode of thrive bites podcast if you like this please uh like comment and share um and subscribe and if you feel that it's a benefit for someone else, please let them know um, as well. And uh, until next time, please say goodbye to Alex. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.
Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you liked that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.